You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. And you can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get them. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Or you can find us individually at Walker Mail and at Nod of the Scribe. We'll get to the one move that the Charlotte Hornets have made now that we're almost 48 hours after the first initial signings that were taking place during the legal tampering period. The Hornets have one newly acquired player outside of the draft. We'll get to that in just a moment. We'll get to some of the other better free agents available that's still on the market, even though we're probably like, what, 70, yeah. maybe even 75, 80% of the way through, something like that. Um, there's still some talent. I mean, we could see maybe the Charlotte Hornets are going to be involved in sign and trades with other teams that just haven't been reported yet. We'll get to some of those. Uh, we'll get to some of those ideas as well. Um, that's what's coming up today on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Uh, but we'll also get to the Kimball Walker signing in just a moment. First, let's break it down. Hornets, they signed yes. Ish Smith, a backup point guard. Wake Forest, Demon mm -hmm. Deacon, great, has been in the league forever. In fact, this is going to be his 12th team in the NBA, and that ties a record along with the likes of a Joe Smith and other players that have played in the association. So ha I'm happy to have allowed Ish Smith to break this record. That's hilarious. It's like the Kenny Lofton of the NBA, Ish Smith. You two are the same. You are the Spider-Man meme pointing at one another. So now we've got him as the backup point guard. Totally fine signing. The deal, uh, the details are two-year deal. Second year is a team option. Ish Smith is going to get $4.5 million guaranteed the first year. We'll see what takes place the next season. Um, guy that, you know, relies a lot on athleticism, but he's getting mm -hmm. older, right? Just like a little quick guy, just a, a little gnat out there uh, on the basketball court, but annoying you talk about his offense really just tries to get to the paint. Maybe that can be a guy that kicks out to shooters like a Terry Rozier, a PJ Washington, um, totally fine signing, but clearly not, not yes. anywhere near Malik Monk and the skill that he could provide you not anywhere near Devonte Graham. So you're still talking about minuses compared to some of the positions and the players that you had on the team last year. This is not a team that's gotten better than what they were last year no, via personnel. Not. And I really, like, people got mad at me and said I was overreacting yesterday for saying the Hornets need to do something and or this this team is not looking like a playing team. And as currently constructed, they don't look like a playing team. Chicago got better. There are other teams that made a lot of improvements in terms of what they want, what you wanted to see them do. And the Hornets are just not there yet. I like Ish Smith. Ish Smith is going to have multiple games where it's like, oh, yeah, that guy can hurt you. I Again, we've seen it. He's done it to the Hornets before. He helped send the Hornets home early with uh, the Ish Smith game. I want to say game 80, game 71 or game 72 against the Washington Wizards last year. He did it. So I'm, I know what we can do. I've We've all seen what he can do. He can help you, but as we're kind of figuring out, if this is going to be for the mid-level exception, then this is going to have to 
be one of those things that is going to be done last. So I want to hold off knowing that there are probably other moves that are coming. At the same time, it's getting really, really hard not to overreact and think, okay, what is this team going to look like? And are they? can you realistically expect playoffs considering how many teams got better in the offseason, specifically in the East? All right. I I want you to not cheat here. I want to be able to trust you, Nada, but I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay, We're going to play a quick game, it. okay? What don't cheat? Can I trust at you? The wave file right now for our recording. So, yeah, you just sit there and you get hypnotized by the waves that are coming across your computer screen. That is our recording. I want to see how many teams that Ishmith played for you can get right before you get one wrong. Again, there are twelve, and I want to see how many you can get right before we move on and talk about other things. So, um, go ahead and start naming them. See how many you can get okay. right. Don't cheat. We got Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want. I know Oklahoma's on there. Yep, that's two. Um, okay, Detroit's on there. Yep, that's three. Uh, New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans is four. Wow. Um, New Orleans was my my half court heave. Um, I mean, no. <laughs> yeah, this, this is, is already. This is look, hard. This is already fine enough. You've already named a third of the teams. Uh, I think I would have been able to get one more. I mean, some of Which these I would have, you have zero gotten? recollection of him playing for. Um, th- there's only one more that you haven't named that I would have gotten because I just remember him playing for this team. It wasn't too crazy long ago, and I just remember that. Was the Clippers one? Are of them? Are you done? Are you tapped w- out? Was the Clippers one of them? The Clippers are not one of them. The only other one I would have gotten that you oh, did was Philadelphia. That that's it. And New Orleans, I, I think I would have actually swapped. I remember him playing for Philadelphia. Don't necessarily remember him playing for New Orleans. That was the year wow. prior to Philadelphia. I'm proud of um, myself. So me. yeah, I remember him. OKC. Yeah, there you go. Hey, look, nice job. That's the uh, it, so he played for Detroit, Washington, uh, Philadelphia, Phoenix, uh, Orlando, OKC, Houston, New Orleans, Milwaukee, Memphis, Golden State, and now Charlotte can be added to that list. Unreal. Welcome aboard Ish Smith um, on what has been a pretty damn long career. All right, let's take a quick uh, let's take a quick break. We gave you the Ish Smith segment. That's, that's our free it. agent yeah, segment to offer you. <laughs> the Lockdown Hornets. Hey, we're the representatives of a team that has cap space entering this offseason. We've got some cap space. We're ready to take that jump into playoff land. We got a superstar, LaMelo Ball. We're dedicating a whole segment in free agency to Ish Smith, Central Cabarrus' finest. Let's do it, baby. Let's take a quick break. We're coming back with plenty more. First, let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar uh, has so many delicious flavors. The Staples, the Coconut, the Cherry Barcia, the Mint Brownie, Orange, Cookies, and Cream. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and they're easy to chew. It tastes like candy. It's a straight-up candy bar. It's the impulse buy that you get at Target right before you're about to leave and say, you know what? I did good not spending $100 when I only came in here to spend $20. I deserve a little snack, and you can add another dollar to my total. But what's great about it is that it's high in fiber, it's high in protein and it's low in calories and it's low in sugar. So go to builtbar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off of your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Let's talk about if we think there is a change in direction from Mitch Kupchak and the Charlotte Hornets via playoffs or not, if they're expecting that next season. Let's also get to the Kimball Walker signing. That's coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. 
This is Locked on Hornets. For right then, I felt like I had some synergy with Mitch, and I felt like, you know what? I'm in these guys' heads. I understand. I talk. I listen. I did all the right things. And then, did you? What voices were you listening to? Were you listening to the voices deep within your head saying, "This is what I think Mitch is going to do," and then you just regurgitated that back onto Twitter? That's what I always do. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. All right, Nod, I saw you getting angry on Twitter earlier. I saw we talked about this a little before we were recording. You were discussing the Kimball Walker transaction. And for those that don't know, Kimball Walker was bought out by the Oklahoma City Thunder. And this is a team that does not buy these veterans out. They want to get picks. This is how Sam Presti has built his house via first and even second round picks in order to use as assets to build their team for the future. So Kimball Walker, they agreed to a buyout. Uh, it was an agreement on the buyout of the two years, $74 million remaining on his contract. So now what happens is he goes to the New York Knicks. He's going back to his home state. He's going to play at Madison Square Garden, where he has made a few memories here and there. The Big East Tournament. McGee, I think it's Gary McGee. Is that I know it's McGee, the Pittsburgh big man that he crossed over with the game-winning shot in the Big East Tournament. I, I don't remember but again, he looked like the Predator. That's yeah, all. That's so true. Him and Julio Jones, man. That That's another Spider-Man yeah. meme for you. Both of them pointing yeah, right at each is. other. But McGee, his knees are still there at the free throw line down at Madison Square Garden. His ankles are yeah, still all, there, too. He's, you know, the Predator. He, he got defeated. Kimba Walker is Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he just destroyed him. So... Kimba going back. Either way, we just took a long route to say that he's going back home, played at Madison Square Garden. It's going to be a lot of fun. And he's going to slide into New York's roughly $10 million in remaining salary cap space, only playing, I think, 8 to $9 million a year. I think it's a two-year deal with a team option, if I'm not mistaken. I'm trying to pull up some of these other details because I just exited out. Yeah, Ryan McDonough said it was really just two years, and there's a team option. And there's a team option on a lot of the Knicks deals. But I, I think where you're getting to this, and, and I really do want, because like this is a topic I do want to talk about for a multiple multitude of reasons. Pretty much the idea, and and mainly I want to talk about it because, like quite frankly, I feel like Twitter is not the best place for nuance. I know, hot take, and I do want to feel like I I feel like I need to explain it a little bit better than the way I did right now. So I'm sorry for interrupting, but. Please, no, no, this is your floor. Look, the, yeah, this is the thing, right? Kimba goes back home. It's not a very big contract. It's only eight to nine million dollars for two seasons, and the second year is a team option. So, you know, New York can move off of them if they want to. OKC, they didn't even trade him. You'd have to think that the Thunder would have traded him, even with Sam Presti being cognizant of what these veterans want. He was with Chris Paul. He gave Sam Presti a shout out at the end of his Phoenix run um, after allowing uh, Sam Presti allowed Chris Paul to kind of navigate where he wanted to go. You know, he accommodated eventually Paul George. So, you know, you talk about the human element in this. There is one with Sam Presti. So he agrees to buy out Kimba. Kimba moves on to New York. And you were saying how it would have made sense for Kimba to come here and play in Charlotte. But the fact that maybe there wasn't the Sam Presti uh, bedside manner here in Charlotte, maybe that's why Kimba wouldn't have even considered coming back and playing with the Hornets organization. You have the floor, Nada. Explain kind of your whole thought process behind this Kimba transaction. I can't go into details. Like, I've told you the details, and we, we've talked about this off wax a little bit. I can say that 
when Mama Walker talked to the Boston media and talked about an ugly divorce with the Charlotte Hornets and Kemba Walker. That is absolutely accurate. There are very hard feelings. There are very bitter feelings. It is also not the first time that this organization under Michael Jordan has split with a star or a player in a, in a manner of that is not befitting of an NBA franchise, especially a small market NBA franchise. We've had Gerald Wallace basically be persona non grata. He doesn't want to come back. He doesn't want to deal with you. He doesn't really want to be around the organization. You have Steven Jackson that openly talked about how he was done wrong. He did it, I think, a couple of days after Kemba Walker announced that he was signing with uh, Boston. You have Kem the Kemba Walker thing. The Devontae Graham thing, uh, again, I understand if people want to push back on that to a, deg to a degree. And I, I completely understand. But at some point, like, how many of these guys come back and or don't come back, don't stay in communication with the franchise that they either help keep the lights on or helped make moments for a whole bunch of these fans, the fans like myself, like at some point, the human element needs to be a factor. And I'm not saying that it hurts your free agency chances, even though I don't feel good about it right now. But at the same time, I really want the bedside manner to be better, to where opportunities like the greatest player in Charlotte NBA history coming back the guy the guy that's ever, the best player that's ever put on a Charlotte NBA jersey having an opportunity to come back finish out his career in a role that he's not going to have to carry as much he's not going to we're not expecting him to put up 20 a night all he's got to do be a decent ball distributor run pick and roll every so often and hit the shooters on the outside that's all he's got to do. I'm not at, again, I don't think that's asking too much and paying eight or nine million dollars to have people basically watch the coronation of a guy and transition into the second phase of his career. I don't think doing something like that is too, too far out of bounds. And for at least my tastes, the fact that that's, that wasn't never an option. And I'm not saying that he would have wanted to start. I don't think he would have wanted to start. Because at this point, the Knicks have three guards. They have Quickly, they have uh, Derrick Rose, and they have Kemba Walker. The concept of starting, especially in that team, especially with the way that Tom Thibodeau runs his teams, I genuinely feel like this was an opportunity to bring back the guy and they missed. Yeah, so, so a lot to unpack. One, I'll say... As far as whether he could have really come back, I won't disagree with you that Kimball Walker and his style of play really would have helped this team that just lost Devontae Graham and just lost Malik Monk. Even if Kimball Walker isn't even close to what he used to be here in Charlotte or what he was really even the first year with Boston, there's a reason that teams aren't going after him. There's a reason that Kimba is signing for eight to nine million dollars with a team option, not a player, but a team option on that second year going back to New York. But he still would have helped. I still think Kimba probably believes in himself. I think Kimba is some somebody 
that would like to go out there and start for a basketball team. And I think he will for New York. Look, Derek Rose wasn't a starter last year and they brought him back on, you know, uh, a contract. I forget what it was, but and people kind of raised their eyebrow at it. It was too much to sign for Derek Rose, but he didn't start. I think he only he's only started three games out of the thirty five that he played so quickly kind of doing the same thing somebody coming off of the bench I don't know if they're ready for him to start yet you just signed Fournier so maybe that's your starting backcourt it's Fournier and Kimball Walker and then you roll with everybody else um you know a Burks coming off of the bench too something like that right I still think Kimba is the guy that's going to start for that New York Knicks team I I think when you get down to the way Kimba was done here at least contractually in Charlotte they were still offering him more money than everyone else. Yeah, it wasn't the amount of money that we thought he was going to get, but it was still more money than everybody else had the you know had the ability to one. Boston decided to come at him with the max and by his second year, you're trading him for OKC in a salary dump situation. We had gone so so beyond what his initial value was and we talk about this pretty frequently. Time changes so fast in the NBA. You've discussed a few things here and there outside of contractually how Kimball Walker was treated um, here with the Charlotte Hornets organization. You know, I, I know what his mom said that she was kind of angry with Charlotte. Kimba's only had glowing things to say. Kimba's also one of the best dudes in the association altogether. Exactly. When we talk about how to handle these types of situations, it, it's pretty undeniable to say Charlotte even with their initial contract offer, even if, you know, what, what people thought was a slap in the face, people absolutely thought that was a slap in the face at the time. Even that would have been way too much considering what's happened in the future. You know, Boston pays them less and they're even wanting to get off of that contract and OKC just buys them out. I mean, and so, so Charlotte basketball wise does make the right decision and it's tough because here we are discussing doing right by even Terry Rozier, who comes in off of the heels of a Kimba Walker. If Kim, let's just say that all is hunky dory in the relationship between Kimba and Charlotte, how does Terry feel? You know, if, if you bring back Kimba, I can't imagine that Kimba is. I don't think Kimba's cool with just coming off of the bench. I think he wants to start. I think he's still even with the overrated starter bench talk. He still wants a really yes. damn significant role. And Terry Rogier is somebody that they've already given $18 million a year to. And we're talking about making sure we do Terry right to some degree. At least I know that's something with the human element we have to consider. I, I just think, you know, all of it's kind of hazy. I thought it was going to be really tough, even if everything is hunky dory between the two sides. I still think it would have been really tough for Kim to come back and play for this organization in any role. Yeah, and that's fair. I guess when we have these conversations about, Okay, they they were right in the in not giving him the the contract. I don't disagree. Where I where I would say is, if you're going to lowball him, then say then don't make that offer. And I think that's the that was the stance I took back then as well when we were having these same discussions. If you were going to lowball him, say you know what, Kemba, we can't meet your number. We'll do a grand press release. We're not going to let Woj leak this to the media. We're going to handle this right, saying, unfortunately, Kemba and the Hornets could not come to a deal. And you just say, we're going to leave amicably. You have Kemba put out the statement. You have the Hornets put out the statement. And you leave it at that. Leave it at that. Unfortunately, that's not how this ended. And I think, and I, and I would hope 
that in retrospect, I hope that the Hornets realize that they did not handle this properly. My, my problem, my bigger problem with all of this is that there is a pattern of this. The pattern is the problem, not the player in this case. The pat, it, and it's one of those things that, as you've noted earlier, Sam Presti gets this right. The Hornets, you are a smaller market. You need to get this right or else this becomes something that may trip you up down the line when it does come for free agent time. I will say it is kind of funny. That is an underrated style of Sam Presti that doesn't get celebrated as much. We do think about him as draft pick hoarder now. We do think about him as a draft king evaluator. And now we're all kind of shocked about this Josh Giddy pick. I wonder how much he would get be getting destroyed had he not made the Josh Giddy pick. Um, um, or excuse me, if it was somebody else that would have made that Josh Giddy pick at six. But even still, you know, I go back to trying to you, you trade for Paul George. You try to squeeze as much life as you possibly can post Kevin Durant, understanding Russell Westbrook needs help. You throw him a party. I think Nas is at the party, right? At the free agent. Nas was at the <laughs> yeah, party. I think he yes. was. And so you keep Russell. You throw something for Paul George. You don't let him leave OKC. And so he decides to stay. And then you, you're able to parlay that into, okay, Paul George wants to leave. He wants to go team up with the Clippers. You do him right. Or at least, you know, I'm not even saying right. You at least give in to what Paul George wanted and you squeeze the Clippers out for everything. A ton of assets, including Shea Gilgis Alexander, who has since gotten paid monster money over $100 million. But it's just funny, like the OKC trading Russell Westbrook to Houston because he wanted to go play for a contender. Paul George, same thing. You know, Chris Paul allowing him to go to Phoenix, Kimball Walker. All right, we'll buy you out. We won't trade you anywhere. You don't want to go. Sam Presti, it, it, it just seems like he is somebody that has to be in with the players. You know, the players have to like that guy. And I think that probably carries a lot of weight once these NBA players talk to one another. Let's move on real quickly. Go, unless you had one other thing you wanted to say after that. No, exactly. But again, that's the thing. Like Sam Presti is really good at this. The Charlotte Hornets need to be very good at this, and I think that's I think that's the overall point I think we're both trying to make. All right, well, do, do they have something up their sleeve that they just haven't initiated yet that can salvage playoff expectations coming into next season? We'll get to that in just a moment, but first, let's discuss bet online. It's the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for the runs to the playoffs, specifically in May. Major League Baseball. So head to the website, use your mobile device. It doesn't matter. You can sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. One more segment to go. What are your expectations about the Hornets' uh, playoff aspirations? We're doing that next, coming up on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. Nada, you asked me about why I don't have the sneakers app and asked if it's that I'm too good to have the sneakers app. And no, here's the thing. <laughs> I, you guys are addicted to this drug that brings more yes. pain yes. than it brings joy. And I th- that that feeling that you guys get when you are able to attain a pair of sneakers, it keeps bringing you in. And I don't want to be addicted to that drug. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. So not I've seen this as a popular conversation amongst Hornets Twitter because we're all trying to figure out what the hell is Charlotte doing in free agency. 
it is the classic meme that you see with the stick figure getting a stick and then poking at the logo. Do something. Come yes. on, do something. <laughs> Which I, you know, if we're talking about memes and gifs or whatever that are floating in the social media, That's the top five I, I mean, I, it That's makes me laugh. Five. And like, it's so elementary. I, I don't know why I, I look at it and I laugh in whatever context it's used, but I especially laugh because the Hornets, they signed Ish Smith. And that's what we've done so far. They've been rumored to be interested in Rashawn Holmes. It doesn't work out. They've been rumored to be interested in maybe the sign and trade with Devontae Graham and getting back a Laurie in. They get back first round pick, but we don't have any arms and legs and live to, breathing to basketball fair, players yet. To be fair, that pick is like the draft pick equivalent of a post-dated check. Have you ever had to deal with a post-dated check, Walker? I have, actually. It's not fun. Exactly. But it's a post-dated check. You see what I'm saying on this? Like, this is a draft equivalent because we may we don't know the date that the Hornets may actually cash in on this. And that's a problem. Yeah, and not having a live, real breathing basketball player is going to hurt when you're talking about short-term playoff aspirations as far as it comes to next season. Um, so look, I've seen this conversation about, Hey, maybe this is just the direction that Mitch Kupchak has decided to pivot to. He has been vocal in media availability. He has told us that this is a team that should be making the playoffs next season. That is going Mm -hmm. to be their goal. And two years prior to that, that's not what he was saying. He flat out told you it's not really about the wins and losses. It's all about adding talent. Give us the good basketball players and we will figure it out from there down the line. It was all about acquiring talent. Maybe they were ahead of schedule um, because of LaMelo Ball being rookie of the year. No one, even ball enthusiasts, expected him to do what he did last season. You know, Miles Bridges, you know, we've done this before, right? They're ahead of schedule. Now they can yes. try to figure out what move to make. The Gordon Hayward acquisition makes this a little weird, right? You know, Gordon, I guess Mitch Kupchak did say afterwards, we felt this was an opportunity to jump on a free agent that's not usually available in our circumstance. And we decided to, to go get him, even if it was $30 million a year. And there was a slight overpay based on what other teams are going to offer him. Not much. You know, Zach Lowe talked about how there were other teams, specifically the Pacers, that were going to offer him at least within like $5 million of what the Hornets did. But granted, he comes to the Charlotte Hornets. Either way, I just don't buy the pivot to, hey, we're just going to go in asset collection mode. I, I, I think this is still yeah. this is still a team that wants to make the playoffs next season. I, I just can't get to, okay, they've pivoted. They decided, hey, here's a first round pick. Let's just go ahead and trade Devontae Graham and let's see if we can try to sell off everybody else and let's just continue to push these expectations down the line when Kai Jones comes about when James Booknight is a really good NBA player and not just this project anymore. I, I, I think that Mitch Kupchak, who has been pretty honest about those types of expectations, I have no reason to not believe him now as far as what his original goal was heading into free agency. And I still think there's a trade. I think he's working on something. I think maybe he's trying to figure out what to do with a Kelly Oubre on the market, a Danny Green, if he can swing that kind of guy. I I, I still think Mitch Kupchak wants to pull off those types of win now moves. And we can even go to James Borrego saying, hey, we got to get some veterans in here because we're playing a lot of kids on the court as it currently stands. Yeah, like there's a lot of this that, again, it goes back to what we were talking about yesterday. 
Is it Uchiwali, we're trying to be an asset collection, or is it one Mike where we're going for the playoffs? Which one is it? Because it can't be both. You cannot do both. Especially with, as James Brego points out, a young team. And even if you are in asset collection mode, there are a lot of these guys that are entirely too old. You're still in the rookie LaMelo ball window where he could say, yo, look, y'all aren't real. Y'all aren't trying to win this, trying to win right now. I'm out. You're also talking about a Terry Rozier that is playing for a contract, a Miles Bridges that is also playing for a contract. Like, there are a lot of these guys that have stakes and have things to lose. If you are going to go for it and if you are going to put them in the best situation, because again, this is a people business, something's got to be done. Because right now, if you're telling me that the center position is going to be manned by Mason Plumley, and then we have the Kai Jones, Vernon Carey, Nick Richards, maybe a JT Thor poo-poo platter. It, I'm sorry, it's not. A, no, it's not. It's not. A, I mean, we, we've talked, and, and it's woefully inadequate. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about. You're talking about. I mean, six, seven players, and look, and I, I include Jalen McDaniels in that. I know talking about the 13 million roughly that they have in cap space. You're talking about one of the Martin twins being gone or Jalen McDaniels. I tell you right now, I was angry about Malik Monk leaving. I'm trying to get over that. I'm in therapy. I'm working on it. If they get rid of Malik Monk and they get rid of Jalen McDaniels, I mean, that would just be dumb. It, it would be so stupid to to get rid of Jalen McDaniels. I hope they don't do that. There's no reports of that happening. It, I, I'm just saying if that is a thing in the minds of the front office, that would be really dumb. It has to be one of the Martin twins in order for you to use your cap space. And remember, they've got to use this cap space in order for Ish Smith to qualify within the mid-level exception. It seems like they made the it seems like they made the last move first here, right? With, with Ish Smith. And so yeah. we'll see how all that comes to fruition once we get the details, once everything becomes quote unquote league official. Um, but I mean, the players as it stands, you're talking about six, seven guys that you trust at all and you need more <laughs> you, you need you just need a you just need more. more bodies to be able to trust and, and and one of those is an 11th overall pick rookie like James Booknight who I, I think can come off the bench and you can rely on him okay but it doesn't mean that you can feel 100% great about it um, it, it's just, it's a lot to say Miles, PJ LaMelo, they're all going to improve. That's going to be the way that we massively significantly improve next season. And we just got to fill in the gaps with other savvy signings here and there. No, uh, you, you need some depth. You lost Malik. You lost Devante. You lost Cody Zeller. You need some more depth and Mason Plumley, James book and all of the developmental centers you have on the roster. That's not the replacement. Yeah, like there needs to be another adult or two added. Ishmith is coming. You need at least another one or two of them. I, I, I really do wonder. And at this point, with the roster being the way it is, who's going to go? Because there's a lot of this that if you're going to do a trade, they're going to want the – they're again, the team doing the trade is going to want something in return. And if you're not giving draft picks, you're giving players. And at this point, who are the players you're giving up to? So I want to see how this does. I, I know that I don't sound like I believe in Mitch. I do. I just want to see some more progress on this because for right now, if you're telling me that the playoffs are the goal, 
And you've said, and again, he's on record for saying this in a press conference last week. If that's the, if you're on record for saying that, then we got to see the work too. You got to show your work. It's not just blind faith. Well, yeah, and, and it's it's also, I mean, I, I guess you can change your mind within a couple of days. I, I, I don't buy it at all, but if that's the devil's advocate, if that's the argument, then you're telling me a lottery protected first for Devontae on a really good deal is what made you swing and just, just say, you know what, Kai Jones is developmental. James Booknight is here. Let's just be good two or three years down the line. You know, that that's, that's problematic thinking because of one, the way that we've seen Luca. And the way that we've seen Zion reportedly not happy already at a very young age, man, it's just the way the NBA is. You do not want to play with Melo, okay? We, we can't play with them. And you bring in LiAngelo, and that's fantastic, whatever, right? Like, the, clearly, LiAngelo, I was seeing him shoot the other day. Like, I guess he was making them, but good God. that I mean, he's not he's not close. Like, he's, <laughs> Leave him alone. Leave him he, alone. He's, Leave he's him the alone. worst summer league player on the roster. I mean, he just... Think of him as NBA basketball Johnny <laughs> Just think about it like that and go. And I'm sure he's a fine enough dude, right? I don't have any problems with LiAngelo for just calling it what it is. He's the worst summer league player on the roster, but you got to keep LaMelo happy. And is, is, is doing that, you know, not putting a ton of talent around him again. Um, I mean, I know you're trying, but again, like is a, is a missed playoff opportunity. Is that going to do it? I, I would say no to that. And the other thing about, and Mitch, we trust, right? Very Dave Gettleman e. I I hate that phrase, but I, I hear it, right? Like Mitch has done a decent job. There hasn't been a disastrous move that Mitch Kupchak has has undergone. I would argue that Malik Monk was pretty awful, especially if you're going to let Devonte Graham move. But there's not been this disastrous contract that he's handed out. You know th- that that's not the case, and I like that. I, you've heard me say it a million times. I don't want to be in the business of handing out bad contracts, even as a small market team where there is this narrative that sometimes you just got to overpay for dudes. I want to stay away from that until there is a real, a real very visible move up with an overpay on a contract because the nucleus is there and he hasn't done that. It's just, you know, there are a couple of other things that you feel like could have been done and Mitch Kupchak just hasn't ponied up, you know, at all. Like, I guess, I guess he's very much abiding by that rule. He's not going to get burnt on a contract like, uh, you know, like I guess in 2016, when that's all the kind of deals that the Hornets were handing out under Rich Joe. Yeah. Now that like, literally this is a once bitten twice shy organization. And I understand that. And I understand that the margin of error is thinner, but at the same time, you still like this fan base is very, very fragile. And if moves aren't made, doubt starts seeping in. And I don't want to say, like, Mitch needs to listen to the fans or anything, but if there's heavy skepticism going into this season, a lot of it will start with whatever happens here. Whatever, like, you want, if the organization wants people to be excited about this team, LaMelo alone is not going to do it. Not with everybody else either improving or solidifying their positions. This fan base needs consistent growth because, unfortunately, they have not seen consistent growth since the first team packed up and left. So unless there is consistent growth, and you can only do that by showing the results, showing the work, and granted, some of this is a patience problem that, me and you have because again we got to feed this content beast 
at the same time, like again, I'm I, I'm not saying that we don't trust you, but for right now, if you're gonna say, like, if you're going to say this is a playoff, we're gonna aim for the playoffs. I'm sorry, Mitch. We do not believe you. You literally need more people. Um, real quickly, I, I don't want to prolong this podcast. We're already over, but Christian Winfield just tweeted out something else about 10 minutes ago as of when we were recording this. He said Laurie Markinen, somebody that's kind of been linked to the Hornets a couple of times. Uh, Laurie Markinen and Kelly Oubre asked for too much money in free agency without the resume to back it up. A league source just told me this is Christian Winfield. He said the market has cooled significantly on both with most teams out of money. But the Mavs do have $15 million, and the number he puts is the Hornets at $14.5 million among teams with cap space. So, you know, roughly that number. Um, and we'll see what they decide to do with the Martin Twin and, you know, whoever on the roster. But there you go. Any thoughts real quickly as we'll sum it up after that? Look, they're more than welcome to build their resume with the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> kind of, right? Yeah. Right? Like, it's like, you know, I, at first I didn't like the idea of trading Devontae and then getting Laurie marketing back in a sign and trade. You already have a couple of power forwards. Laurie's not a center. And, you know, now we're slim pickings. It's like, you know, look, offensively, Laurie is pretty gifted. Uh, the shot came along pretty well last year. The two-point percentage, it had a similar spike to as what Terry Rozier did. He shot 48% from the field. Uh, very good playmaker, can put the ball on the deck. I mean, uh, offensively as a five, uh, it even can cut a little. Um, you know, he's not like a punk, right? Like, it's not like he he's so weak that he's just a punk down low. He, he, can, he can finish a little. Um, so like off, I'm talking myself into it, right? Like Laurie offensively would be fine. Maybe you pair him with a PJ and just allow PJ to be somewhat of your defensive anchor. I mean, I know Laurie would be kind of a disaster out there. I don't know. I'm just, I'm trying to make it work. Not either of those guys coming back. They're among the more eyebrow raising again. Yeah. Take $7 million, one year, $7 million, build your resume and then come yeah. home back. Come on yeah. back for another bite when uh, bite of the uh, another app. Look, I'm here to add whatever. I, I really am. That's, that's mm -hmm. all right. Let's let's end it there. We already went way too long, but we're trying to figure out what the hell the Hornets are going to do with basically a ton of players that we've already moved through in NBA free agency. That wraps up this edition of Lockdown Hornets. Thanks again to Built Bar um, and rockauto.com and as well as you guys for supporting the show. Tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA, really any show on the network. Have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. <laughs>